So I'll hit record on this video, if you're cool with that, Janelle. Yeah, I put makeup on, so. <laughs> well, there's no need. I was, like, doing research. I was like, oh, they like, they put them on YouTube now. I gotta, I gotta actually, like, <laughs> it gave me an excuse not to wear pajamas all the time. I mean, well, athleisure, but. In that, in that respect, then you're welcome. But never feel ob- obligated to, to do anything other than be yourself. And to be fair, I'm still wearing pajama pants right now, so. Yeah, you gotta have the bottoms on. Yeah. <laughs> no, you do? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I always podcast naked, but no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're recording already, so we can work this mm-hmm. in here. So we'll, uh, like like we say, if you're listening to this, don't if you ever join the two idiots, you don't have to do anything special. You just show up. You just show That's up. That's right. Clearly, just, just we don't be do you. anything. So yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Two Idiots Podcast. My name is Reg. I am Randy. That one's Randy. And joining us this week from somewhere in Winnipeg, I think. Yeah, yeah. straight from West Broadway. <laughs> West Broadway. Represent. Word up. Joining us for yeah. the second time, Miss Janelle Murdoch. Welcome here. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, we're back again. Back at it. Janelle's Guess back. who's back? Back, back again. again. <laughs> I don't remember uh, how many weeks ago. What you were thirty-seven or something years ago? Something like that. Literally years ago, you were. We were just little show. little baby podcasters. Yeah, like a year and a half ago for sure. What the hell are we now? <laughs> You're adolescent, and your adolescent. You were episode thirty-one. Thirty-one. Wow, that's. Well, you, what, this will be episode 114, so that's like 80 episodes ago. Well, look at you. Look at us go. <laughs> Always progressing, moving forward. Moving Try forward to be flying. Yeah. And Janelle has been in our top five. Her episode has been in the top five forever. So pretty well, much our whole run. Yeah, bravo. Yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> you have to own it. Lean into I it. I sent this to my family group chat, and I was like, to my brother Josh, I was like, suck it, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Also, former guest of the show. We're just getting the whole the whole clan in, That's the, right. in the show. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway. So the reason we started planning this, Janelle, is because you and I were both gushing over Christopher Maloney's butt. Oh, so we should probably yes. lean into that a little bit. <laughs> just right off the hop, just get right yeah. into it. Yeah. We're, no holds barred. He has quite the that, dark. Now, where, now, where did this begin? Is my question. <laughs> Literally that. Where Where can I see his ass? That it's. Oh, I'll try like, and find that picture. Um, because I like Christopher Maloney, but I don't know if I ever looked at his butt that hard. Oh, everyone loves him, Elliot Stabler. Look at that, it's the fourth picture on Google Images. <laughs> okay, yeah, I see it. Yeah, right? Yeah, he yeah. should be like under the picture definition of dump truck. Jesus Christ, man, that guy, that guy's got a peach. No kidding, I didn't Look realize that. It, you had shared it in your story, Janelle, right? Yeah, because it's hilarious. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it looked like I, I don't know, it looked like he had. I don't know. Not even pillows because it looked very firm. It was Two like melons. Hands. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of hams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's uh, his nickname. It's Christopher Couple of Hams Maloney. That's right. Or yeah. a full thing of baloney. Um, anyway, yeah, that was sort of the precursor. But I've been, uh, you know, we've been talking about maybe getting you back in here for, for a, a hot minute here anyway. So mm-hmm. it just... As the impetus, you know, some nice man booty never never hurts to get the ball rolling. <laughs> never. <Yeah. laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, are there any other famous butts we should talk about, Janelle? 
That's hilarious because I like I sent I screenshotted the message that we sent to like my siblings group chat yeah. and my sister's like you got to talk about Blake Griffin's thighs and I was like I don't know who that is Blake NBA Griffin's player. thighs I, I looked it I looked it up and I was like 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 we're not Maloney level so yeah well let's uh, see come, now now I now I got to look I'm at looking it. it up too Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin thighs Griffin I didn't even Griffin? realize that was his his feature whoa those was are some I wrong maybe I just didn't look at a good thighs. picture of them. I've seen better. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to share this here just so that people watching the video can see Blake Griffin's thighs. But, um, damn, I'm so bad at this stupid, uh, this <laughs> dumb zoom. zoom. Yeah. Anyway, so that is, that is Blake Griffin, allegedly. Oh, come on, Pinterest. Shut up. Okay. So those are his thighs. People watching I right there. Got some See, but, but now look up like the rock thighs. Yeah. Or better yet, we're gonna look up Martin St. Louis thighs. Sure. Again, another right. sport. Saint look Louis. at those. Look at those buggers. Them some Those're skater trunks, legs yeah. if I ever see them. Yeah. That is what hockey does to your thighs. <laughs> nice try. So what's wrong with you, Reg? Oh, they're there. They're just covered in a <laughs> thick winter sweater. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. The Two Idiots Podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and is now available in USA, Canada, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and the EU. That's the European Union for you less cultured folk. We have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use code IDIOTS, I-D-I-O-T-S, to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who trust Manscaped. Now, Reg, did you know that one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all the men listening, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Fondle them. Fondle them. Feel them up, baby. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Smart. Smart. Let's save them balls. I have a friend personally who had a nut removed because of a little bit of testicular cancer. So while you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead, give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain. I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyway. So while you're down there, you know, molesting yourself, make sure, uh, you know, you give it a little once over. Make sure there's no dents in the in the undercarriage. Right? Hey, don't be afraid. Get your partner in on the fun if you have to. Yeah, there you go. Make it an, an experience. Make it a wonderful adventure. Manscaped recommends you check yourself once a month. If you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctors a call. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside the Perfect Package, you'll find their electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof trimmer features skin-safe technology and re- to reduce cuts to the sack. All liquid formulations use one of the best ingredients. Some of these liquid tools include the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant for your balls, the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher, and the Perfect Package 3.0 also includes an anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code idiots at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. That's right. Make sure you check yourself out, feel yourself up, and while you're there, clean yourself up. Get 20% off and free shipping with code idiots at manscaped.com. That's 220% off and free shipping with code I-D-I-O-T-S at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. So suffice to say, there's a lot of um, pretty people. So, I mean, Blake Griffin's, you know, he's okay. He's okay. I mean, as far as thighs go, it's fine. Is he still dating a Kardashian? I don't think. Was he? Or was that, like, long ago? I don't know. I don't yeah, remember. I think he was, like, one of the Jenner girls, I think. I think so. Hmm. I don't recall exactly, but. He got out before they stole his soul? <laughs> it happens. Before the curse could get him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh Janelle's definitely more up on the pop culture than for sure I am. I'm pretty sure. So you would know. I don't, uh, I've never, I'm like Kardashian adjacent because my wife loves the show. So I like, I, that's how I get all my information. It's all your pillow talk. You think Kim's okay now that her and Kanye are splitting up? I don't know. <laughs> it's a crisis. I did go on a big tangent like that to my husband too, about like them <laughs> yeah. splitting up. I was like, I can't listen to like the yay sound like album anymore. Cause he has a song called wouldn't leave. And she left. She left. <laughs> I was like, all like in my field. <laughs> How could she? Yeah. Uh, um, I don't care. I'm, I'm going <laughs> say that right now. I don't, I don't care. Kanye West is a bit of a loon, and um, Kim Kardashian is is uh, Kim Kardashian. So that's, I don't know. I thought the show was going to ta- She's taken, it's her last season this season, and I think she's taking the bar, like, next year is her plan Yeah, like, she's doing, like, a lot of, like, like um, reform and, like, prison reform and stuff. That I had heard, mm-hmm. yeah. So props to her for that. But for yeah. everything else, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, well, I know I know Randy watches that type of stuff. Are you also into uh, what's the show, Randy? Big Brother? No, is that the one that you're into? Oh, I love Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Do you watch that too, Janelle? I haven't for years. Like when I was younger, my mom we would all watch it every week, and we were very into it. But like, <laughs> I think it's been like like ten years since I've watched. Mm-hmm. But I do and, like a little bit of that reality stuff. Like, get a little bit of that drama fix. I love. Yeah. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for some of them. Like, I'll do Big Brother. I love watching Below Deck. That's, like, my go-to reality show. They just live uh, on a ship? It's, yeah, it's just about, like, yachties and their life. Like, it follows, like, the interior, like, the stewardesses, and then it follows, like, the exterior, which is, like, the boats from the deckhands and stuff, and it's all drama because they all bang and whatever. <laughs> I've heard the name of that before, but I didn't realize, like, that's what it was about. That's, that's what it is, yeah. yeah. It just follows, like, the lives of the crew, basically, and what it's, it's like. It's like Downton to, to... Abbey on water. Basically, yes, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the the thumbnail or whatever on Netflix as you know the below deck or whatever, and I mm-hmm. scrolled as quickly as I could in the other direction. I mean, it's it's garbage reality TV, but hey, I don't mind it. What what's the what's the draw? What other than just mindless drama? That's all it is. I guess, and like it's 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 cool, like seeing the locations and just like what it'd be like to charter a yacht for four days. You know, like just like the kind of because it like. For a lot of it, like you're talking like five star chefs, right? So you've seen all these like wicked meals getting pumped out, and then yeah, there's the drama between like the interior and the exterior, and you know you see what like who's a shitty boss and who's a good boss, and just what it'd be like to work in those conditions. It's I don't know, it's just like it's seeing behind the scenes of the job that you wouldn't see if you were just renting the yacht, right? Hmm. I mean, again, no shame because as far as escapism, we all need our outlets um, for sure. What's uh, during COVID? What's been your go-to, Janelle? What's your what's your COVID escapism? 
Um, I constantly just have something on, whether it's like something I've watched a million times or like uh, at first it was like a lot of audiobooks, a lot of podcasts. And mm. now I've kind of like burnt myself out on that. So yeah. <laughs> right now I'm rewatching the X-Files because it's on Disney Plus. So I have that nice. on in the background. I just need something on, you know, in the background to like stop. So it's not just constant quiet. How does the X-Files hold up now years on? Um, like <laughs> it, it, It's like a little touch and go. Like... Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny are both beautiful and they're mm-hmm. so beautiful back mm-hmm. then and their chemistry. <laughs> oh, I die. But <laughs> it's like, it's so funny because when you watch it, it's like, oh, this is where every kind of like sci-fi kind of show we have in the last 20 years got their inspiration. From, For sure. Know? Yeah. So very it's kind of like a lot of the same thing done over and a lot of it's kind of cheesy and drawn out. Like we don't need television shows that have like 25 episodes a season anymore. Like it just, yeah. that seems too much. Yeah. I think Netflix has kind of ruined that. It's like, I want 10 episodes and I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't need so much filler and stuff. Like, like just We're getting into the British style where it's all miniseries. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 10 episodes for like six seasons. That's good. Yeah. You don't need to like over overdo it, you know? For sure. That's fair. That's, that's, that's probably because TV ratings aren't as big of a deal anymore. So they don't need to run them for as long, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I guess they've. Yeah, because the, the, the method of making money is different now. It's not based solely on commercial ad revenue. Mm-hmm. So then you'd want a 25-episode run because then you can yeah. sell 10,000 ad. And, like, or... appointment television isn't a thing anymore, right? Because yeah. of DVR, because of all, like, the internet streaming. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Anyway. Anyway, speaking of... It's funny to watch, like, oh. it's funny to watch TV with, like, someone like my nephew. I'll watch, like, cable TV at my mom's with him. And he's just like, oh, there's so many ads. <laughs> Yeah, like I never like thought of them that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're well, right. It, we all complained about commercials growing up. Um, at least I did for sure. I used to hate commercials, yeah. mm-hmm. and now I'm almost a little bit nostalgic. But at the same time, I don't want to go back to that. But it's it feels we're in this new generation type weirdness. It's, it's strange. Yeah. Right. I don't know. We're on the cutting edge. Um. Anyway, speaking of your Downton Abbey uh, comment before, so R.I.P. to Prince Philip. If anybody cares about such things, um. He has allegedly been alive this whole time, and he just died. So, and let's be fair, DMX like stole his thunder. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where my dogs at? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Is anybody, what was your guys' reaction when you heard that? First of all, the prince died, and then I guess DMX. Uh, prince Philip, I was like, okay, because like Peace. you know, it's yeah. it's been coming, but at the same time, it's like, oh, okay, it's like surprising, but not because he's so yeah. old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's like, I don't really care. Like, the only time I've ever cared about Prince Philip is when uh, Matt Smith played him in The Crown. Agreed, <laughs> like, 100%. That's the only time, <laughs> the only time I've ever cared is, like, when it's about The Crown. But it's like, yeah. yeah, like, who cares kind of thing. It's sad that, like, someone lost their partner of 70 sure. years. Like, mm-hmm. That would be super heartbreaking. But it's like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, he was 99. Thing. Like, he, yeah. he lived a long, full life. Long life. I'm shooting for, like, 49. And we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> Everything after that is just icing. It's just yeah, exactly. Randy, what was your Prince Philip? Uh, your Prince Philip take? Did you weep uh, uncontrollably? No, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I figured that was happening. He's looked like a ghoul for twenty years. Um, cool. But yeah, no, it's. I mean, again, like you said, right? It's sad that someone loses a partner of of that long, mm-hmm. um, especially in an era where relationships often don't go anywhere near that long anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it sucks. I 
I think the queen probably gets her blood changed every three weeks. So I don't think she'll be going anytime soon, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it really didn't bother me that much. Um, like the DMX one kind of hit me harder because he was a big influence on my musical taste growing up. Like I re- distinctly remember being probably 13 or 14 and me and Tyrone would go deliver like Pizza Hut pamphlets to the door mm-hmm. and we'd each have an earbud and we'd be playing It's Dark and Hell is Hot on like just replay. So just bumping DMX at 13 years old, biking through Steinbeck. <laughs> so like that was a super influential time for me. So that one hit me a little harder than uh, than Prince <laughs> Philip did. That's fair. That's fair. How about you, Janelle? Were you a big DMXer? No, I feel like that was a little bit like too much before my time. Like I, I, I'll recognize Ooh, throwing songs. Shade, throwing shade, throwing shade. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know it's like I recognize songs. I'm like, yeah, definitely like good, but like I, I just yeah. personally like don't know yeah. that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was big like probably ninety nine to two thousand three, yeah, and that was like kind of his prime, and then after that, it just sort of like dropped off. You know, you anyway. can't watch a movie from like the early two thousands without like some of his music's in there or something. Exactly, like, yeah. Or even him yeah. in it, like he was in mm-hmm. a couple of uh, yeah. Wasn't it like a Stallone or a, a Steven Seagal movie? And he was in his, a couple his other, right? biggest one. He was in one with Jet Li, and I can't remember oh, yeah. what the uh, is Cradle to the Grave. Sounds I think right. is the movie, but uh, uh, yeah, that was his probably his biggest acting role. He's done stuff here and there, but but I mean, he was very open with his with his drug issues for years. I mean, he's been in a rehab for you know I don't know five or six times. So and apparently he died from cardiac arrest due to an overdose. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but he was always very open about like his mental health stuff and 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 his you know his demons with drugs and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, I, I'm I'm a, I've always admired him for being very public and open with that. Yeah, it's like something that you don't see like a lot of like back like ten years ago even a lot of people being open with and like talking about openly mm-hmm. like, either like mental health or addiction. So like yeah, that is very commendable for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Um. Again, it was another thing where I, I've always loved the British monarchy as a thing, um, or just monarchies in general. It's sort of my jam. I don't know why. I love the history of. It's interesting. Yeah, it's exactly. It's fascinating from mm-hmm. that perspective. But then again, like we mentioned on a past episode, it's like you don't get that obscenely wealthy by being nice to people, uh, to put it for sure, bluntly, uh, or politely. And um, we toured Buckingham Palace and. It blows your mind. The opulence, the every mm-hmm. ceiling is intricately weaved with gold and wrought silver and whatever the fuck else, and it's it's gorgeous. But like again, you don't get that by by being a wonderful person, and it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of disgusting. So I was a little bit conflicted. It was both blown away, and also the ice cream in the backyard of Buckingham Palace, amazing. But um, <laughs> but the, the queen makes it, it herself. Yeah, there was actually this guy ahead of <laughs> her. Queen it. makes it herself. <laughs> it's like bottled queen breast milk turned into ice cream. Oh my god! <laughs> no, she didn't breastfeed. It then dried up right <laughs> away. Yeah. yeah. Well, that she couldn't. She was too busy selling it. That's what it is. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah all for the ice cream. <laughs> there was actually a guy ahead of us in one of the the staircases, um, going God knows where in that maze of a building. But it, they have kind of what's normally accessible on the walls it's covered in kind of plexiglass because it there's massive signs saying don't touch anything but of course people like to touch things mm-hmm. and there was a guy ahead of us he actually jumped past the plexiglass just to like swat a tapestry on the on the wall yeah like, dude why like you're just being a dick why <laughs> like, yeah 
It's uh, just kind of blatantly disrespectful. Anyway, so suffice to say, I don't, I didn't uh, feel that bummed about Prince Philip as like some monarchy reason, other than yeah, like you said, he was you know married for to, to the queen for seventy whatever years and yeah. And know, to be fair, I mean, you know, you watch the crown, and it's like that's a tough role to be in, like mm-hmm. to be the person who's always like second to the queen, right? Like you're always kind of in the shadow. Like, and that, that's, that's a hard role to play for, you know, 70 sure. some odd years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially I mean, since it's... like a manly man with like a little bit of that, like toxic masculinity back then. For sure. Right. He's got the military background. He wants to be a tough guy, but he's, yeah. there's nothing he can do. Right. He's, yeah, but you know, he's... nothing takes the sting out of being, uh, emasculated by getting paid millions and millions of dollars a <laughs> well, year sure. to do so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so R.I.P. Prince Philip for whatever that's worth to people. I know uh, a lot of people that are that are pretty. It was all over Facebook. A bunch of people I know that were just sharing with like crying emojis and stuff, and I'm like, mm-hmm. eh. <laughs> eh. like. Eh. <laughs> you know, I mean, just... to a lot of people, the royal family is still a big deal, I guess, right? So yeah, yeah, it's true. Like my grandma was obsessed. Like my nana stayed up all night, like to watch when Prince William and Kate Middleton got married, and right. she was like in her like late sixties. Like, <laughs> yeah, like especially grandparents, they love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if that's also because well, you grow until, up like, with 1960s, like God save the Queen, right? Yeah, in school and yeah, yeah, and like until the sixties, we were still pretty much like. An attachment of the British crown. Like, we weren't even really officially our own separate nation until, like, mm-hmm. 1967 or so, five or something. Yeah. Um, so, if you grew up in that era, yeah, the queen was the shit. Um, yeah. She's going to live forever. You heard that here first. But, um, anyway. So, that was big news. We can talk about that a little bit. But, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, when you were on last, Janelle, um, we definitely talked about a lot of mental health stuff. We talked about mm. your borderline personality disorder. Um, we didn't prepare f- ahead of time for any of this to see whether what you wanted to touch on, what you wanted to discuss. So, it do you want to discuss that more? I mean, in general, how have you been yeah. in pandemic yeah. life? It's funny because, like, when it's when it started, I kind of like felt okay. Like a lot of people were like didn't like lockdowns they're anxious they're scared and I was like I feel fine and I remember like talking to my therapist and she was like yeah because you've constantly like lived your life in survival mode yeah. so like mm-hmm. you feel good with the chaos and the unknown I was like okay yeah that's true <laughs> but it's also given me a lot of time to work on myself like doing a lot of therapy I did um this course at health science center it's called the stat program okay and it's okay. just like a day program where you do group I did it from home over like uh not zoom but microsoft teams and you just work on it's like an intensive kind of like therapy like kind of dbt kind of stuff so okay i did that and it was amazing it was also really nice because it was like every morning for five or six weeks so that was it was a nice because it's like a group thing too it wasn't just with a therapist so there was like other people in it with you and it was a nice way to kind of like touch base with people and not feel so isolated during the pandemic and right yeah but like compared Right. Sorry, go, going through that, like as as you wake up, kind of what would what would you have to do, or what what was sort of the yeah the the methods that they were using to to get through that? Um, there's like different modules. Each week would be a different thing. So like, there's I'm gonna completely forget already. <laughs> like you're working on your like self esteem. You're working on like anger and your reactivity to things. So like a lot of people came in. 
I'm not like allowed to talk about anything, but a lot of the main thing that like a lot of people wanted to work on was like their anger. And I was like, I don't get that. Like, I don't think like I'm an angry person, but like, they're like, well, anger isn't just like blowing up, getting mad. It's like the frustration you feel or like it can manifest in different ways, you know? Right. And I was like, well, I'm frustrated all the time. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, I think I have an anger problem. I was going to say, that's like my, <laughs> lately that's like my, you know, my, my Zen is just being like on a base level of frustrated at something. <laughs> that's my secret. I'm always angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fair. Um, and so then going through that was obviously it's benefit beneficial went well. Yeah. It's, it was amazing. Like I, I feel like I'm not the same person I was like even this time last year or six mm-hmm. months ago. Like it's just been like a lot of like constant growth and kind of realizing I think a lot of it was like acceptance where it's like, you know, you ever just like sit in bed and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done this like five years ago. Or you think about yeah. something that was mm-hmm. amazing or dumb that you did and you're like, oh, like beating yourself up where like I shouldn't have done that. But it's like now it's, I would constantly do that about every little thing in my life, even if it had no real effect. Right. And then it's like, you got to have the radical acceptance where it's like, there's nothing I can do to change it now. So like, why mm-hmm. would I continue to make myself feel bad about it, which keeps mm-hmm. me down and like not being able to reach like better mental health or feel better, you know? So it's been like a lot of that I've had to do. Like I can't change the past. Radical exception. That's, that's a exception. Is that what I said? Acceptance (laughs) is the word. Um, Yeah. I mean, more, more of us can probably should get that. Um, Just, you know, to, to look at it and be like, why am I stressing about this? Why am I working? Yeah. You know, letting this, what do they say? When you, when you hate someone, you're actually poisoning yourself or whatever. You're like yeah. putting it on you. They don't know right. or they don't care about what you think about them, but you doing it is just, you know, eating you up. So you may as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like such an easy concept, but it's hard like when you're, yeah. you know, to actually do, but it's a big like weight off. And I feel like that's been like the main thing that's really helped me and helped me to be kinder to myself. I used to yeah. like be really cruel to myself and not even realize it. Like, I had been like packing my bag for an overnight trip one day and I like threw a pair of socks at my suitcase and they missed. And I said to myself in my head, I was like, you dumb fucking idiot. Like, can you not do anything right? And I'm like, yeah. and now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, like, no wonder I felt like shit all the time. Yeah, man, I do that constantly. Well, not constantly. Oh, yeah. I don't want to overblow it, but very frequently I'll, I'll just do something that it doesn't, why did I do that? Or yeah. You know, you trip on something that shouldn't have been there because it's your fault it's there or you drop something or it's something just so boneheaded and you're just like, oh, you fucking moron. Like, what are well, you it's doing? Well, it's usually when you're already having a bad day, right? It's like yeah. little yeah. things pile up all day and then it's like, now I'm just going to yell at an inanimate object for no mm-hmm. reason. Like, yeah. you just realize, like, oh, yeah, I guess that is pretty stupid for me to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which can't beat yourself NHL. up for saying it's stupid either. Like, yeah, you know, yeah exactly, saying? right? It's just like this cycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Mental health is a really uh, sticky wicket, as the it's Brits a challenge, would say. For sure. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. So, uh, as you're working through your your process, kind of what kind of breakthroughs have you had? Because I know when we were talking, we kind of went over borderline personality disorder and and kind mm. of all of that. In using all of these methods, I, I remember you mentioned to me that you're, you're technically not classified as that anymore. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. if that's still still the case. Yeah. So like I'm I don't fit like a lot of the like you need to have so and so symptoms to be classified as it and I don't fit a lot of them anymore like mm-hmm. I got my emotions pretty much under control you know like I'm not gonna react I've been always been very reactive mm-hmm. and like just quick to get mad get sad 
and like that's something that I've kind of been able to work around too with like just kind of like reordering your thinking yeah. and be like taking a step and like okay like why do I want to blow up if someone just says one little thing to me like and it's not even like I just take everything like so personally like it was a personal attack mm -hmm. if yeah. like somebody was just stating something you know oh yeah okay right so there's a lot of things yeah I don't like have everything written down but like I like I'm like with there was always like a fear of rejection and abandonment that comes with like BPD like that. And that's something that I've worked really hard on, like addressing like, oh, like what's, why do I have this? Like my childhood triggers from like my dad or something it was like abandonment issues come from and you can like work through that and like understand, you know? Sure. For sure. And I mean, and not to, I don't know how to say this properly, but I don't, I don't want to take your previous situation um, and make it sound like it was, you know, some horrible thing. But at, now that you're in this next stage was there a feeling of relief or, or excitement or was it so, just sort of like a transition and you just keep working on it? Kind of what was your reaction to that now that you're not, um, I guess, considered on that spectrum? Yeah, it felt like a lot of relief and like pride because I feel mm -hmm. like I've I worked really hard to kind of, my whole life I've struggled with mental health and I feel like they always say like, you're not going to get better till you're ready. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, I don't want to feel like shit all the time. Like yeah. I'm ready to get better, but you <laughs> yeah. never, you actually like do have to put in the work and and sometimes you're not ready and you don't realize and you yeah. try to do it and it doesn't work. So once I started, I think I started taking it like super seriously a little bit after I talked with you guys or during that process was like the beginning of it. And it's taken mm -hmm. until now. So like a year and a half to really get to that place where it's like, I'm not like trigger warning. I'm not like suicidal. You know, I'm not thinking I don't have yeah. like suicidal ideation. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. not. And like the things too was like, I was talking to my therapist. I was like, talking about depression whatever she's like well I don't think you're depressed and I was like oh my god I'm not I'm not actually depressed I was like I've just been saying for so long I'm like used to that I was like I'm not depressed I like my life like I'm not living every day just to get through the day you know right I was That's... like I'm actually like enjoying I'm happy and like it's not a bad life it's just like a bad day it's a bad yeah. hour right now or like mm -hmm. you know I, it's not catastrophizing everything it's all about yeah. framing it too because I've even seen just recently just yesterday before there was it was basically a, a smaller picture of like a graph on a big dip and then you zoom it out and it was all climbing until that yeah. dip, right? So it's basically look at it over the broader view and it's yeah. probably less, yeah. the sky is falling and more, you know, it's a slight dip. Yeah, so, it's but, a rainy day and as a, you know, what's been a sunny week. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just like kind of switching your mindset and that's something that's so hard to do when you are in the mm -hmm. throes of depression or For something sure. like that, you know? And like you said, like yeah. it takes work. Like you said, it's been, you know, about a, like a year, year and a half at this point. It's not an overnight thing. You can like, it's like going to the gym, right? I want to lose weight, but I'm not going to see 40 pounds drop off tomorrow. Like yeah. you you have to put in the work and the time and it is a process. Yeah, And, and it's hard. So way. like, you don't want to get, like, don't get discouraged if it's not going to happen overnight. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. And even if you have a bad day where you're like, I'm in the same boat. I've put on like a COVID 70, so I need to, you know, <laughs> get it. back after it at least to <laughs> just to simmer down here a little bit. But, and, and even if you take it on, I'm so bad for it where when I'm trying to do be healthy and do well physically, then I, you know, I have a bad day where I, I, I eat something shitty or whatever. And then my brain's like, well, you already fucked this day up. You may as well fuck it up. And then it's like, <laughs> you know, okay, so you had a breakfast sandwich in the morning and now you're totally off your thing. You may as well just have fucking 80 burgers. That's for right. Yeah. And then, well, you may as well just have ice cream for supper and then do nothing all day. Days a waste. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. Right. And that's not a healthy mindset. <laughs> yeah. That's a little disordered eating there. <laughs> oh, I'm super. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm a mess. 
But uh, <laughs> I'm not sure why. I, I've been thinking a little bit about it lately. I suspect it's probably the... Because growing up, it was, eat what's on your plate no matter what. You put it on your plate, you eat it. And so yeah. now I'm a super glutton. Like, I could just eat all day. And uh, and then trying to not do that while also eating... I don't, I don't crave healthy stuff as a rule. So it's mm-hmm. like... I have to really get myself into well, that most rhythm. people don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not especially not the hefty fellas like like yeah. Me, but like like for me, I've noticed for myself like it it's. I mean, I love food, but for me, it's like a stress thing. So if I'm having like a real bad day, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna hop into McDonald's and grab two junior chickens because that's what yeah. makes me feel good. And I'm like, okay, yeah, totally. that'll make me forget about whatever's happening today. And that that's something I've been really trying to overcome the last you know three yeah. four months because I've sort of come to terms with why I do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's hard for sure. I it's hard. That. I do that too. And then you like get home and you have it, and you're like, why did I do that? I'm like, yeah. just, like I shouldn't have done it. I'll, be, I'll like, be in the drive-through, and it's almost like I have a split personality where it's like. The person ordering is someone I don't know. And then my brain is like, don't do it. Why are you doing this? Why are you even here? And then it's just mm-hmm. like, I do it. And as I'm driving up to go pay, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you doing this? And then I do it. And then I keep, it's just. <laughs> and then you go, okay, last time, last time. And I don't <laughs> even say that. <laughs> but it's, it's really weird, like dissociative, like duopoly thing where it's like the two parts of me fighting. And I, uh, what are they? There's something called, it's like, um, uh, there was a term where it's sort of like um, self, not self-sabotage, but it's basically you you do it even though you know it's wrong. Or I forget the, there's this a term. Like I was going to say, this is like in like the self-harm module of like what I did. This this would be considered like a self-harm thing too, because you're yeah. doing it, you know you're going to punish yourself for it after. Right. So like, like, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah the sense. cat of nine tails is hanging over there, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't no, don't physically do that, but yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a bit of a slog. So, for sure. Um, so I get it, but we all have things that we need to work through, and even even your point where you were saying that y- your therapist said you're not depressed anymore, or you're not. I don't think you're depressed. It's it's interesting that we always picture health or or any sort of issue as a really binary thing where you're either in it or you're not, and it's like mm-hmm. you 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 picture as there's like this really firm break, and it's this or it's this and then when i'm out of this i'll feel it but then when you're saying it's like you transition from depressive to maybe not and you're like hmm you know you have to be like reminded that this it's changed (laughs) yeah you get so used to like living a certain way or like having that in your head that you're Mm -hmm. you're this or you're that and then it's like oh maybe i'm not yeah that's great um yeah but like we again we talk on the show quite a lot about mental health and and uh Last one we just recorded, we went on a long thing about how guys need to be better at talking about their mental health, and I think we're starting to do that on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm in the same boat where I need to. I've been in a bit of a funk the last while. So, do you have any tips from your journey, Janelle, that we could uh, apply to ours? Without, I don't want to make you the you're the therapist that you're here to, yeah. to help us or, or anything. But is there anything that kind of comes to mind that maybe uh, listeners and and particularly us could take advantage of? I think for me, this is always something I hated when people would tell me to do for years. I was like, no, like that's stupid. I don't want to do it. But like mm-hmm. mindfulness. Oh, sure. Because like I'm constantly, I've lived like the majority of my life just in autopilot, you know, like you're just going, you're not really aware. You're always in like 
dissociating somewhere else you know mm-hmm. it's like when you're driving and then you're like oh shit like was that right light red was it green like you can't <laughs> oh, remember yeah. as you're driving you know like that's i've constantly done that and just kind of been okay with it and it's like no wonder i feel so disconnected and like from my life and like depressed for so long because i'm not like actually in the moment living it mm-hmm. so i found like doing like little mindfulness minutes is helpful like whether it's just like closing your eyes, doing like breathing exercises and like working your way up or like some kind of meditation, but like taking those few minutes to like be mindful. I started with like, they're like, be completely mindful and in the moment and not in your head thinking about something else while you're brushing your teeth every morning and every night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Starting with little things like that. And it's actually super hard. <laughs> it's super hard <laughs> to not just like start thinking about like, okay, this is what I have to do for the rest of the day. But you're like, no, you're thinking you're brushing and you're paying attention to every tooth you every tooth mm-hmm. you're pulling over, you know, your yeah. movements and everything. And right. I found like just doing that, it's been so helpful. It's a good first step. It's good for first sure. Step. Yeah. It just I'll have to start brushing like my that. teeth, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just no, I, I found that helps too. I because lately I've been sort of the same thing. I've been in kind of a funk with, and I had to sit down with myself the one day and go like, "You've got a roof over your head. If you're like you've got a like beautiful wife, your kids awesome. Like what's going on?" And it's sort of the same thing. I had to sit down because Hallie was throwing a tantrum one day or something. I'm like, God, like why did I have a kid? Like am I just going to be a bad dad? Like what is this? Right? And I sat down and I'm like, look just sit and just play with her for like three minutes. Just be in the moment with her. And I find that, and like you said, with the mindfulness, it does help to just sit and then think. And then like, you're a little more appreciative of what you have after that. I found mm-hmm. having the kid has definitely, definitely changed my perspective on a lot of that. And even in and, those situations, it probably, she might be freaking out because she feels the detachment or something or that, you for know, sure. She needs the attention or she yeah. needs some, she's craving and, and, something and, like and, that. And I know for me, it stems from like, you know, my biological dad didn't want me. So like yeah. deep down, I'm like, is this something that's rooted in me? Like, am I never meant to be a dad? Like, yeah. you know, is it, am I going to be the same person? And I, I know I'm not, but that stuff like sits with you, right? Yeah, yeah totally. We're getting real. We're getting real. Yeah, here, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, well, and I mean, speaking of kids, Janelle. You were yeah. you were pregnant. I'm <laughs> so very congratulations. pregnant. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> uh, when uh, when are you due again? Uh, June 10th. Wow. Just wait six days. Landed on my birthday. Which which, which day is your birthday? The 16th. The 16th. I didn't. I knew your birthday was in June, or I thought it was May. Actually, I'm I'm, I'm lying. I thought it was May. <laughs> I know the my fact brother. That you think about my birthday at all is uh, is a great honor to me. I so always try you. to remember people's birthday. Randy, when's your birthday so I can put it in my calendar? I am July, 12th. J- July 12th. That's right. Oh, it's just after my mom's. This, these are easy to remember. Well, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Mine's but again, how's, I mean, how's the, the pregnancy journey been for you? It's been good. I think like we found out in Oct- early October that I was pregnant. And I feel like that was at a time when like my mental health was really like on the up. Mm-hmm. And it's just awakened this like crazy, like growth spurt in me in like my mental health and just general maturity in who I am you know I feel like I'm on like (laughs) I was was talking to my sister about this and like she's like this sounds so cheesy but it's true but it's like you're on the precipice of of being like reborn like you as a person exist always but like as you like are ready to become a mother a whole new part of you is born and like it's a really crazy amazing journey but like I can feel that you know like I just have this urge to do better and become better and the best I can be for her you know right Oh, that's amazing. Because weren't there concerns that you 
couldn't conceive at one point or, or yeah something? like i have like polycystic ovary syndrome when like that can cause like fibroids and like scarring on your uterus mm-hmm. okay. which i had and it can cause like just general like fertility issues so like there was a point where like travis and i when we got married almost seven years ago we've never used birth control so it's like oh, wow. what the hell's going on and like yeah. i've had one miscarriage very early on but since then like we've had nothing you know right so, all of a sudden we got this little surprise in <laughs> October, like a happy yeah. little surprise. We're like, holy shit. <laughs> like yeah. it, and like this of all times for this to be happening is like yeah. during a goddamn pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it had to do with, um, cause as you're working on yourself and, you know, kind of opening up neural pathways that may have been closed or, or constricted or something. And maybe it, you know, opened up some sort of fertility piece or something, you know? Totally. I was like, that's something I was talking with my best friend and my sister about too. Was like, I was like, like my sister's like a big believer like the universe so you know something mm-hmm. she was like it's it wasn't you weren't ready before like and now you're you've really been going through these changes to become like the best version of yourself she's like so right. now i mean like you're ready and you're being rewarded for all your hard work and i was like oh my god like i was crying it's like so yeah. i didn't want to cry today damn it <laughs> i like, cry every day now it's like i'm like i'm in the third trimester so i'm just like crying all the time you're like randy that's a, yeah I, I cry pretty much daily as it is too so it's all good i'm with you <laughs> like i said i almost cried watching wandavision but that's as close as i've been lately oh oh my god that finale Oof. Oh. yeah that final scene with them and saying goodbye like you know goodbye to the kids and i'm just like oh my god yeah, i didn't want to be a puddle alert. but i'm gonna be a puddle yeah. Yeah, if you haven't watched it by now you're not gonna watch it yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true it's like there's another podcast i listen to total aside um it's actually with um james duthie from tsn he and his buddies mm-hmm. they shoot the shit and it's it's kind of annoying sometimes but anyway they uh they always do a spoiler alert, no matter how old the movie is. They're talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And they do like an actual edited, like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert thing just to warn people. I'm like, dude, the movie's been out since 1985. <laughs> yeah. Who are you spoiler alerting for? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So what, 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 I don't even know what I was going to say, but the pregnancy stuff. Hooray. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going great. It's going great. I, Although nobody told me that morning sickness comes back sometimes in the third oh, trimester. So that certainly pleasant. can. I, I know some women who've had it for their entire pregnancy and oh, it sounds like it too. sucks. Like I, until like 18 weeks, I just felt like a constant, like it was like a constant worst hangover of your life. Right. Oh. You just, I just lay in bed and like, I just feel awful. I feel gross. Like there's TV shows and video games I can't play anymore because I was playing during that time to keep my <laughs> mind busy. And it's just like, when I see them or think about them, I'm like, oh, like this is I a trigger now. Sick. It's like when you got super drunk off something and now you can't even smell it. Yeah, it's yeah. just ruined. It's just ruined. <laughs> not, not to uh, trigger any, any vomitiness, but can you give us an example of a show or a game that you won't, you won't think about anymore? I was uh, okay. The game I can't remember the game. It was, it's like this. I love like a good like farming sim, like oh, Stardew yeah. Valley or Harvest Moon. Right. It's not one of those. It was uh, Port. The my time in Porsche, I think it's called. It was just like okay. a cute like little like okay. whatever I was playing on my PlayStation, trying to keep mm-hmm. busy. And now like I think about it, and I'm like, oh, like I can feel my <laughs> mouth watering while just thinking about it. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. I was just kidding. Because I, I just stopped playing after a while. And Travis was like, do you want to go back and like play that? Because we were playing it together a little bit. And he's, I was like, no, like I can't. I just yeah. can't. <laughs> just hang a, hang a bag off your face as you're playing. Yeah. yeah. 
that's awesome <laughs> but yeah huge congrats i mean parenthood is it's a ride so yeah. have yeah. fun for mom. sure it, it's it's definitely a ride i'm 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 learning that i wasn't as patient a person as i thought i was <laughs> but uh but no it's it's super fun it's super rewarding i love it um and yeah i can't wait for you to experience it it's it's awesome i was gonna say randy what's your what's your like I don't know if you want to get into it, but what's like your highest of highs and kind of your lowest of lows as a dad for the first, how old is she? She's turning two. Yeah. She'll be two in July. Uh, her birthday's on the third. Um, highest of high. I mean, her being born was awesome. Like being yeah. in the room when they were, when they were doing the C-section and like seeing her get pulled out, like that was so cool. Um, at the same time, it's kind of low too. Cause you're like, shit like i gotta take care of a whole person now <laughs> but you, you ride that way for a while and then in terms of the lows like i have a really hard time dealing when she has like a big tantrum mm-hmm. and not because i'm like embarrassed or whatever but just like because i don't know how to help her yeah when she's freaking out and i know she just can't explain to me what's going on yeah um yeah exactly right so like that that's the low points for me um i haven't really had a super bad one or like i've spent a few days here and there in the hospital with her because she's had like bronchitis or something and they, they feel like crap and you're you're trying to give them treatments like i guess the lowest part i had was this would have been a few months back she had to get a treatment for bronchitis they put the mask on they nebulize a treatment in and like she hated it right no no kid wants a mask on their face she doesn't know what's happening and i had to like forcibly bear hug her with one arm and like literally hold her head and force the mask onto her face and she's screaming and crying and you know calling for mummy because she can't be in the room with us because of covid and like i'm sitting there and i'm like trying not to cry while i'm doing it because like it hurts your heart right because i'm like like she's gonna hate me now she didn't she didn't even look at me for the next 10 minutes after (laughs) i'm like well shit now my kid hates me it's game over like we're done yeah. And then 20 minutes later, she snuggled up and gave me a hug and I was good to go again. But like that, yeah. that's really hard to go through as, as a first time parent, for sure. No kidding. No kidding. Wow. How about, how about you, Janelle? What are, maybe what are you looking forward to the most or kind of what's your, you know, what's your general vibe going into becoming a mom? I don't, I'm just excited. Like it's yeah. just, it's something like I've, like I've literally dreamt of being a mom since I was like a little toddler, little girl, you know, I've, just, I've mm-hmm. always, I've just always wanted to be a mom. I've been dreaming about like my baby, which, what they'd be, you know, who they'd be kind of like what they'll look like since I was a kid, you know, it's something I've always wanted. So I'm just really excited for the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And I was laughing with Trav. I don't know why I keep like picturing her, like, cause it's, a, it's going to be a little girl and whoever they grow up and are, that's sure. who they are. But you know, mm-hmm a little girl we're expecting and I keep picturing like being in like the backyard in the summer at like his parents house and like her eating raw watermelon and rolling <laughs> like a little like a little big floppy white hat yeah like, that's that's little summer that's baby amazing. you know because yeah, like that's sure. what I like to do in the summer uh, summer children 100 percent. it's fun seeing the personality come out and like then you you know you guys just kind of sit there and go like oh yeah that's from me that's from you <laughs> yeah. that's from there right and especially this age like I find you know, the first couple of months, obviously, they just kind of lay there and they eat and poop, and like it, it's awesome because they they're they're cool. Yeah, they eat poop, so like they're like because they're, they're cool little humans, but they're like this age now, from like kind of like a year, year and a half to about this two, two and a half stage, just seeing how much they develop every day, like is so fun. The new words they learn, the the way they figure out how puzzles work, and 
you know, climbing things. It's so cool just to watch your little brains work and just discovering the world kind of thing. for sure. Yeah. Like you, you get to see it again through a kid's eyes and like, yeah, they don't know what's going on, but they're just having a blast doing it. Yeah. Or frustrated and mad one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Either one, you know, um, speaking of, speaking of worlds and stuff. So Janelle, I mean, you're, you're an indigenous woman as Randy and I know people that have listened to your mm-hmm. other episode will, will have known. Um, and your husband is not. So yes. I'm curious as you're having a baby kind of, you know, blending the two cultures, uh, you kind of, how, how do you plan on navigating that as far as, you know, both sides? Yeah, it's something I've kind of like been thinking about more and more lately, because I'm still like on my own journey, discovering myself and, yeah. you know, all of that, like that culture. So it's been like a little bit like, ah, like, I don't know certain things. And like, so I see some of my friends who are like connected and then connected to their culture, you know, never been disconnected. And they're like talking right. about their babies and like, introducing them and doing different teachings with them and i'm like i don't know that i get feel insecure about myself you know yeah mm-hmm. like i gotta really start researching and doing these things so i know what to teach her but i'm trying not to like be too hard on myself or Smart, you know yeah. put pressure on myself right now <laughs> like there are like a bunch of like beautiful children's books that have come out like written by like indigenous women especially oh yeah to kind of like that teach teachings to them and you as you go along right yeah, without so, yeah like, putting too much on it because I mean, at the end of the day, however you parent is how you'll parent. You know what I mean? Like, without putting too much, yeah. too fine a point on it, or to say that you have to have done this ceremony by this time, blah 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 blah. If that isn't your, I don't know, your yourself, your your upbringing, then there's no shame in you not doing it. You know what For I mean? Sure. If you yeah. don't know, well, uh, it's something too, right? Like you could incorporate your child in the learning process be like i i don't know about this but let's learn it together yeah yeah i like i like the idea of doing that too yeah kind of like learning it's a journey for both of you yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm. while eating a lot of mennonite food yeah nice. exactly yeah nice. there's a great show <laughs> and i've told i've told reg about this before and i really enjoyed it. it's called molly of denali um like my, my little girl that, yeah yeah my little girl loves it and i think it's awesome for her to learn about other cultures and stuff like that and it's cool because like they talk in their native language like they're they're Gwich'in and they're from Alaska a little like a fictional town called Kaya but like they like they say thank you in the native language they say they'll say a whole sentence in the native language and in Gwich'in and then they'll they'll switch over to English to like tell you what it means and I think that's just so cool like the whole first episode like I've told her deals with residential schools yeah and how like her grandpa was in a residential school got his music and his language taken away and then how he kind of rediscovers that later and it, it's awesome i'm so glad that a kid's show is is willing to do that and and showcase other cultures and it's it's a fun show i learn shit on it every day yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> i love that it's so cute yeah we're, we're in the age of everybody bitching and moaning about cancel culture which i'm i firmly believe is almost entirely a myth um but uh i'm just glad that more things are coming out every day that that tackle these giant issues that a lot of people either don't know about or have ignored and uh i'm glad that you know a whole generation of kids will know the term residential school first of all because mm-hmm. we didn't growing up it wasn't in school it wasn't even a or if it was it was totally glossed over yeah, yeah. And it's like something that's like oh you think that happened like a hundred years ago or something yeah. you know it's not something that you realize it's like so recent for, for sure. sure i thought about trying to learn i mean i don't have the the mental capacity lately with, with, with school and life and such. But eventually I've thought about trying to learn uh, maybe Anishinaabe or, or, you know, Ojibwe Cree, something like that. But I'm a little bit curious because I, I don't want, you know, especially 
things being as they are kind of prickly and, and culturally and, and as a white guy with no connection to any of it, I don't want to be like that kind of douchey hipster, you know, right. <laughs> indigenous pretending to be indigenous type guy. I don't, that's not what I'd want to put across. Or at least come across as that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's understandable. So I'm to I think like, to, yeah, figure I don't out. think there's anything wrong with you like wanting to learn that or trying that. Like, yeah. Especially if you're not like gonna try and profit from it, you know how like somebody would like learn and then be like, I can teach you how to speak like oh, this language. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can get this job now because I can speak both languages, right? Yeah. Like it's just you just want to learn the culture, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'd like to learn languages as well, but it's like it feels so intimidating, and yeah. I feel like I feel like my sister and my mom and I we all talk about this. Like you get such bad imposter syndrome, oh. where it's like even though like that's that's us, like this yeah. is our culture, like we're totally entitled to do whatever we want. And like we just always feel like we're just not supposed to be there or like oh, yeah. hard to like get past that kind of mindset. Right. I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even a friend of mine is learning uh what's it called now? The the um, the Metis language. Um Michif? Uh, is it Michif? Yeah. Michif, yeah. yeah. So she's learning some of that, which is interesting to hear kind of how it's influenced by French while at the same time kind of the indigenous side and it's being animated its own language. It's it's interesting. Um Languages are fun. It's just actually, there's like more, it's more pressure to do that than, because I would love to learn Spanish too, but I'd, I'd feel no pressure knowing it or learning it or using it. Right. But if I were to like, you know, go to a local powwow or something as some white dickhead and then just start talking and it, I'd feel so weird. Right. <laughs> it would be a totally different thing, right? Like it, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's heavy. It's weird. Um, I actually, uh, on Wob's birthday a couple months ago, whatever that was, I Googled how to say happy birthday in in Anishinaabe, I think, or was it, would that be Ojibwe? Or is Anishinaabe the, does that cover the language too? Anishinaabe covers like a, a quick, like a, like Potawatomi Ojibwe. Yeah. Like it's like a generalization of like right. certain ones, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. So it's, so it's not probably accurate to call that language Anishinaabe necessarily. I think it, it might be though. I don't like, I like, see, I don't even know. It's hard. <laughs> it's right. It's, it's, yeah. It's like a but, regional dialect that like encompasses. Sort of. Yeah, it's that like can a, kind of like go wherever, like right. under the umbrella of Anishinaabe is the way I understand it is like Okree, a Cree, Ojibwe, a couple others, I believe. But so I don't know. However, it works. I googled it, and that's uh, and then I sent it to him, and I was like, I don't know if that's right. So happy birthday in English as well. <laughs> and he's like, No, you nailed it. I'm like, good, good. That's um, nice. He probably appreciates the effort. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I googled it. How much effort is effort is that? But. Uh, <laughs> Um, There's a lot of people out there who aren't even willing to Google anything, so you're it's true. Good. It's true. I almost obsessively over Google. Like Cat, Cat and I will talk about something and she'll mention it, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if it's this blah 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 blah, blah. and then she'll be like, you're gonna Google it, aren't you? <laughs> like, <laughs> of course, I can't just leave it be. Come on, you gotta, you gotta know. Yeah, if there's a question, you gotta figure it out. Whether or not you remember it, you have to throw it out there. But, but yeah. Um, Wow, we've already done 52 minutes. Jesus, we're flying. Um, Cruising. So one thing I wanted to also mention, again, not we, we've definitely had some discussions about indigenous things, and um, I don't know if we personally have had conversations about um, cultural, cultural appropriation. I think we may have. Um, and so, again, I don't want to tokenize anybody or, or put you on the spot, but I'm curious about your thoughts on... There was a show that I was watching. We mentioned it on a previous episode. Are you going to talk about Michelle Latimer here? <laughs> no, actually, that's no. a different one. But oh, I thought you were going to talk about that one. We definitely can get into that for sure. Yeah. But the one that first came to mind, the, this is the first time that that kind of the cultural appropriation 
kind of umbrella kind of hit me and it, it, I never really felt it until I saw the show. So I was watching on Amazon Prime the show Yellowstone. There was oh, definitely yeah. some some conflict going on there. Um, long story short, there's it's basically based on Kevin Costner's family owns a big ranch in Montana right up against a indigenous reserve or an Indian reserve, whatever they call them there, a reservation. And um, and basically, so then his son is married to an indigenous lady off that reserve. And so that lady was, was you know, I, I, was, I thought it was kind of cool, the fact that they're sort of blending worlds and this is like a real world sort of situation and kind of how do they navigate that and, you know, land claims. And, and, and of course, they, what's the, there's like three indigenous, you know, guys that always play chiefs and i forget the, the guy's name in the show but um even some of the, his stuff he's like if they won't give our land back we'll buy it back which is pretty powerful and i, I kind of dug that right but uh, anyway so this lady is his wife and i actually looked it up kind of guiltily i'll admit this that it's very seldom that you see even an indigenous female actor being shown at all and and the fact that she wasn't like you know the wizened old medicine woman or she was like a contemporary woman, right? So I, I looked her up. I was curious if she had been anything else, and I found out that she's not indigenous. <laughs> she's yeah, she's uh, like half this. Chinese or something, and and mm-hmm. she claims to be like one sixteenth Cherokee, but her that tribe has no record of her, or her family, or anything ever being a part of it. Adam Beach had this big thing. He was kind of talking about that as well, and when I saw that, I was just because in, in the second season she starts talking about indigenous things how her people were being treated and how they were treated and the land being stolen I'm like the point I, she, I agree that she, they need to be teaching this stuff from that perspective but are you the person to be saying that <laughs> it was yeah. long story short it was a very um, kind of an eye opening thing because I've since stopped watching the show because when I first found out that she wasn't um, that she wasn't actually indigenous I'm like maybe it's still you know it can move the story along and it's you know not necessarily th- that bad of a thing to at least recognize that it's you know um it's a real life thing but then she's like a college professor and she's teaching these very pointed perspectives as though it would happen to her and i'm like but then on the flip side i'm like if you're an actor should you not be able to play different things and i'm like god i don't know and i, <laughs> I kind of got lost yeah. so, it's so uh, maybe give like, us your so- perspective on on something like that yeah, when there's like so little opportunities for representation like that mm-hmm. to have like them go to somebody who's not indigenous. And I know that like the tribal enrollment is super different in the States. And yeah. like there are a lot of people who have been disconnected who should rightfully be part of them. But I think a lot of people who like pull on that aren't those kind of people. Like even like in the Twilight series, like two of the main yeah indigenous people aren't indigenous mm-hmm. like one of them is also like like um asian i feel like he's like maybe chinese okay. and they he just claims that and says that he's got a little bit of blackfoot in him so gets the role you know <laughs> right and it's so hard and it's like you don't want to make people prove themselves with like blood quantum because i don't think that's a good that's, way yeah, that's to a do it toxic either thing anyway yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's very toxic but when you're claiming to be something outright and just taking from other people who deserve, you know, maybe deserve that exposure more than you do. I don't think that's right. Yeah. Especially like this stuff too, with like on Trickster, the TV show on CBC where it had Michelle Latimer, who's this director who's always 
claimed to be indigenous. She said she was like Ojibwe and then she said she was Métis and none of these places that she claims claim her or know who she is. Yeah. And it turns out she has one ancestor dating back to the 16th or 17th century. And she's <laughs> this entire time taken grants, gotten awards right. and jobs for being indigenous, you know? So like, that's when it's a problem when there's, yeah. when, when you can't pull an ancestor or pull some kind of connection to your culture, like right off the bat where you have to go digging for it. I don't think that's right. Well, yeah. And right. especially if you're then the, like it, Adam Beach makes a good point because in one of the articles, I don't have it up in front of me, but basically he was saying that just you having, you know, a 30th descent, your 30th descendant of, you know, somebody somewhere one time doesn't necessarily mean that you're then indigenous and vice versa. Yeah. Like you could say you grew up on reserve, but you totally were apart from everybody else and you're not even a part of the culture. By the same token, you could likely also not be technically indigenous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're not culturally indigenous. You can be you know, technically indigenous, but if you're not immersed in the culture is the way I understand it, that, you know, we need to be a bit more aware of, of kind of what's going on. <laughs> but, but then we lean Definitely. on the quantum stuff and, or, or sorry, the blood quantum stuff and it all gets real sticky. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's what's so hard for us too. Like we've, I've, I grew up in Steinbeck, you know, my mom's yeah. there, my mom's half white, half, um, Ojibwe and Potawatomi and she's she's always felt very like an outsider in both cultures you know she's never right. really been immersed in it either so it's like we're my dad is a little bit more he's Cree and he's you know grew up on the reserve of city res kid you know so it's yeah. it's hard to navigate especially like too where it's like that's why we feel like imposters sometimes like and like I'm not gonna like with my well let's just share like my sister switched her reserve to our dad's which is Fisher River because okay. we are under our mom in Ontario so she just right. Uh, switched and they just started offering um off reserve members to have vax to get vaccinated oh, with like okay. Oh, okay. and she was really having a hard time with it whether she should do it or not and yeah. she was like texting me about it she was like i just feel like maybe it's not my place so i was like well like no you're a registered member you're like you have just as much um entitlement to it as anybody else who's an off reserve registered member like right but it's just those things you struggle with because it's like I didn't grow up there. Like I've been there a handful of times, spent time with my grandma. But like it's just hard to feel like an outsider. But like you don't want to take opportunities from people on the res or people who are mm -hmm. more a part of the culture than you are, you know? Yeah. So like that's something I struggle with too. And like I would never like be like, book me. I'm I'm an indigenous <laughs> woman. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm an indigenous woman and I'm going to be proud to say that. But like I'm not going to be like put myself out there and market myself you know, yeah. when there are so many more people who are like, like in touch and connected that can and should be given those opportunities. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. And again, because as, as two white guys, as Randy and I are, it's, it's always been a, especially as, if I'm trying to be involved, you know, to, to be, a, you know, an ally, whatever, and, and support the, the people that are looking for support. It's just, there's so many pitfalls and you don't, you don't know, Kind of, what, it's a lot of murky waters, on. man. You got to do so much research into it, and and really just decide for yourself if you think that it's, it's right or it's wrong, and and just and just figure that out. Like unless you talk about this actress, and I'm gonna go back to Molly Denali because I, I just love the show, I guess. Mm. But like one thing I like about that show is that 
like the main character is voiced by an 11 year old girl named Sovereign Bill. She's, I think, from like the Muckleshoot tribe in the States. Um, they tried really hard to like hire all indigenous actors for these roles, like Lauren Cardinal, who plays, oh, I can't remember his name on, cor- on Corner Gas, right? Yeah. But he's yeah. the cop, right? Uh, Davis. Yeah. Yeah. And like he plays the grandpa, and like then everybody they just they they went and found people from like reservations and and different tribes in the states, and and really tried to incorporate that into the show. And I just think it's so awesome to have, you know, now kids can grow up, you know, looking up to these actors in their roles, and and seeing like, oh yeah, there are opportunities for people like me out there. Yeah, and that's why like every like kid born in the 80s or 90s indigenous kid that you know loves adam beach because for sure all we yeah. had. you know, we yeah. had graham yeah. green and we had adam beach <laughs> yeah. he's everybody's um, uncle <laughs> he's a hell of a guy hell of a guy well, adam beach is the best i love him yeah i was it's, i was telling my fam, my husband too i was like did you know that i'm the most popular nietzsche that's ever been on the two idiots because <laughs> i was like i'm more popular than adam beach and wob canoe yeah. so, <laughs> so, eat it yeah. i was like their episodes <laughs> Can't touch me. <laughs> yeah, mic drop, Wob and, uh, yeah. and, and Waboo. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, <laughs> never heard of her. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was uh, jokingly make uh, a friend of mine. We when we were talking about politics and stuff, I always allude to the fact that a lot of probably Manitoba voters are are put off by the fact that that Wob isn't a white guy and running in politics, much like Jugmeet Singh. And I'm always it. Mm-hmm. So I always make the joke to my buddy. I'm like, yeah, until that Rob Canoe guy gets in, he's got it, <laughs> but spelt like the canoe. Um, you know, if if then they got to rebrand a little to really get those rural those rural white folks on board. But no, <laughs> fuck that. No, forget that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Um, if you don't like him for him, then. Uh, Screw you. Is what I loud say. and proud, baby. Loud and proud. <laughs> um, but what about reverse racism, Randy? Come on. Everything's against oh, yes. the white people now. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I don't know. I, I, you I, know I can't as, stand those people. It's as a, as a straight white male, we are the most. We are the minority. <laughs> it's so sad because you actually, like, when you, as you say things like that, I bet we can all pull up like five people in our head that we're mm-hmm. thinking about. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, I can yeah uh it's it's disturbing yeah i don't know i don't know people people will think what they think and it's just but at at the same time i i get the frustration on some level because there's a lot of people i know that that grew up um disenfranchised as white folks right and they Mm -hmm. they look at that and they get offended and, and or even say for instance where we work there's a there's a program where for basically most departments, most new hires, it goes, they, they reach out to indigenous communities, then they mm-hmm. reach out to women, and then they reach out to all the other applicants. So there's a lot of people that get real butthurt about the fact that, oh, you know, oh, you're not, you're not part Métis, you can't take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. well, then I guess you're screwed. And uh, I've had conversations, I always cut it off at the pass because other people are like, or oh, are you native or, or, you know, you're not a woman, so... I guess, are you native? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, well, then I guess you're fucked. And I was just kind of lean into it. I'm like, it's fine. As long as I'm being considered to apply, I'm I'm not bothered by it. I'm willing to right. wait my turn. It's okay. But I know if I were really to pull on that thread, these people would go uh, ballistic and, and just yeah. say how unfair it is or whatever. I, don't know. I, saw, I saw some people getting fired up today because like United Airlines or something put out a press release saying that in the next 10 years, they're aiming to have... I think like 50% of their workforce be women or people of color. Hmm. And they were saying, and people were getting fired up like, well, 
you know, they should just be a pilot and that shouldn't matter if they're a woman or a person of color or whatever. And it's like, you know, you're we're putting people's safety, like, you know, the people's safety second over bowing to the left. And I'm like, they said they just want to train women and then people of color, right? Like, it's not like they're just taking anybody off the street. Like they're going to train these people because they want more diversity in their workforce. And I'm like, yeah. how can you fault them for that? Like, yeah, people who are also like competent and can do it. It's just yeah. they're expanding the pool. Yeah, and, like, like they're get, they're they're getting the training. They said this is over the next ten years. It's not like they're not yeah. being trained to fly a plane. Like it's so stupid. With, there's nothing wrong with the corporation to say we want a fifty fifty split, and then you open the doors. And if three people come in, then you hire those three people, or or you train whoever you can train as long as they reach as they, they match the requirements. And then over time, if you eventually reach 50-50, wonderful. But it, yeah. it's problematic if they say it has to be 50% white, 50% not white, 50% male, 50% female. Because mm. then you are just hiring every person of color that walks in or vice versa. Yeah. Every white woman or white male or not yeah. white. You know, you'd, if you give yourself these really strict, then that'd be impossible because then you yeah. literally are... Well, and their release was more nuanced than the way I said it. Right down that much, yeah, for sure. Performative, yeah, because yeah, and and frankly, that probably would be racist. (laughs) Being (laughs) honest, because then you're literally taking people just on that. But if you are working it in such a way that you're saying we want to achieve these numbers, but we realize that the marketplace may or may not have that many people in it, then there's nothing wrong with that because then you can strive to reach those numbers. Just just like I was talking about the program. They're opening up a certain number of, say, within one department, they're hiring, uh, they're looking to hire 18 Indigenous, 18 women, 18 everybody else. Yeah. So if you go in and only five Indigenous apply, one woman applies, then great. Then you run them through the same program you run everybody else through. If they match, perfect. But you don't have to then hire yeah. that number of people. I don't For know. Sure. It, it feels more fair to me. If all you yeah. look at is the headline and say, oh, white people are getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Like I said, their press release is more nuanced. My point was it was just yeah. mostly white people getting mad about it. Right? Oh, sure. They said no, like yeah. they said like one percent of pilots in the in the U.S. or whatever are women and like three percent are people of color. And it's like, OK, well, that like good for them. They want to open it up like that's yeah. awesome. But it was mostly white people getting mad saying, oh, they're putting safety second, blah, blah, blah. It's like, OK, whatever. Like. It's like so you stupid. think only only, like, only certain white people can are like good at flying planes? <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, right? Only ones who can do it. And yeah, really leaning into the stereotype the that, that women and people of color are terrible drivers. Because if you're like, mm-hmm. you're just assuming that if they were pilots, the safety is worse. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. so dumb. You know that there's pilots in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Literally everywhere else in the world. Yeah, there's other people of color doing other things. That it's, uh... but people just want to be mad at things. I, I don't of know. course. Uh, it's really annoying. I don't have like the. I don't have the energy anymore to like. Yeah. Like look at comments or anything like that because like I'm just like I just I just like don't like. Yeah. You you guys can do and say whatever you can do. Like I'm not gonna like waste my energy or my time or Smart. like my mental health on like getting yeah. mad and trying to like, you know, call things out. I'm just like. I mean, I'm, people on are both just gonna sides. be there and there. If, if we're being honest, it's the same thing. Like, even the people that are butthurt about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head and... and it's just, it's just funny to watch them flounder and how embarrassing it is. Because <laughs> yeah. they yeah. just have no no critical thinking skills at Zero. all. It's just yeah. total reactionary. But yeah. on, the, on, the, on the same token, there, I know people that are, you know, firmly, radically left in everything. And then they're mad at everything. And I'm... 
you know, mm. at least some percent on board with all of those issues. But how can you go through life with that just pit of anger always? You know, I get it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shitty things. Of, of course, I get it. Like it, that, that's irrefutable. But where do you find peace? Because uh, you're fighting yeah. giant, systemic, monstrous change. And if you're constantly fighting that, you're just going to burn out. Like, I, I don't know. Where do you find your peace? <laughs> That's, I, I see that and it blows my mind. That was something that I had to work on too for like my anger module thing that I did where it's like, mm-hmm. do you go looking for things yeah. to be upset about? Or like, right. like I would I used to go like on Twitter and like see a certain hashtag. Then I go through and just see all the people being like racist assholes yeah. or misogynistic assholes, you know? And then like, I just re- constantly sit there and scroll and read <laughs> and like get myself worked up. And I was like, like, why? Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> like, it's yeah. like a form of like just constantly like like doing that you get burnt out you get tired and like yeah. no wonder you feel awful mm-hmm. oh especially I'm, i consider myself a bit of a history buff and i love reading about history and if you even pick up the book you're gonna find some <laughs> things to get real upset about <laughs> yeah but, for sure but at what point do you uh, you know what i mean like you got to keep pushing the pushing the envelope but you also got to live your life i i don't know and Maybe that's my good. privileged it's, stance. I don't know. It, that's just. It is a time too where like there is a lot of like white people like kind of like waking up and are willing to like kind of do fight for like yeah. people of color and you know show up for these certain um, issues. So like now like BIPOC people and Asian people can kind of take a step back and yeah. like while they're still doing the labor and like letting people know they it's not just them constantly fighting the, for themselves all the time. You know, there's there's some for people sure. who are probably burning themselves out now, you know, yeah. like, like for sure. who are kind of like virtue, not virtue signaling, but you know what I mean? Like Some who, of them are, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's who definitely people who walk the line between ally and like white savior, right? Yeah, that's the, that's <laughs> yeah. the hardest thing, yeah. It's and tough. it's frustrating. I got, I, I actually got in like an argument with some random old white dude on TikTok because he was like, <laughs> he was like this murdered and missing indigenous women account where he would like bring, like talk about, not even talk about, but just like show pictures of women who are missing. Right. And it's just him sitting in front of the camera with like a green screen covering their faces. And he's just sitting there like pointing like this. And I was uh-huh. like, what in the white savior are you doing? Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> he was like, my account is, a bring, is about women and bringing um, like attention to these murdered and missing women. He's like, I'm not even on my account. And I was like, your face is centered in <laughs> everyone. Your face is in your profile picture. I was yeah. like, you're like being a little bit of white savior, dude. Like, take a step back and realize. And then he said to me, he was like, he was like, even though you're a racist, I'll still go looking for you when you go missing. I was like, wow. Oh, wow. my God. Wow. I was like, wow. And then I was like, I'm done with the internet. I was like, nope, I can't yeah. do this anymore. There are so many layers of shit in that comment. Yeah. Wow. I was like, that's when I was like, mm-mm. you're just so disconnected like again like white saviorism you know yeah and there's nothing wrong with saying if you're being that performative guy if someone critiques you and says just take it down a notch you know sit back reassess you can still keep your channel maybe and and yeah just do it well just realize like you're centering yourself in this whole account like it's not about you know it's still kind of about you yeah and people are even getting revved up i I don't want to i don't want ever to seem that i don't appreciate everybody that's that's really burning hard for it you know like mm-hmm. I, i'm glad that so much movement has been made on all these issues and that's amazing and I'm, I'm thrilled for it but like i'm saying i just when i see that stuff peripherally i like i want to support all of that but how do you have the energy to to, to run that hot 
for everything all the time yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta like take care because that burns your mental health away like totally yeah. like you gotta like you, take care of yourself a little bit first yeah the self-care is, is a big part of it oh completely it's yeah i don't know it's uh it's an interesting world um and we're just trying to find our way in it and um yeah I don't know. I don't know if this is what you expected, you know. Uh, we started off talking about butts, but um, I, I feel like it's been good flow. We've been, we've been doing all right. I don't know. Yeah. You, you seem a little bit less nervous than the first time uh, you joined us. Yeah, which is crazy because, like, I I haven't, like, had a lot of conversations <laughs> in the last while, you know. Like, I'm just so yeah. isolated. I'm, like, I'm texting. I was, like, I'm going to be, like, an awkward mess. And, like, I stopped taking my ADHD medication when I got pregnant. Okay. So I was, like, I was, like, I'm not going to be, like, able to focus on anything. I'm going to be going down <laughs> rabbit trails. And I was, like, it's actually kind of turned out okay. Yeah. No, that's that's the beauty of it. You know, and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it works For out. For sure. Um, I, I do the same thing now where... The only time I really talk talk to people is basically here, so I ramble like an idiot, clearly. Um, or I'll occasionally see some people, and then I just just a word vomit, just yeah. And uh, it's it's a bit problematic, but <laughs> I've always been chatty. It is what it, it is. What it is, Rich. It's all good. Um, That's why we love you. Yeah. Well, you have no choice. Force. If anyone watches this, this is on them. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have, uh, I don't know how much time you have, Janelle, but I don't know if anyone's interested in doing a quick uh, Oscar uh, nomination pick, pick, pick them. Oh, no? I haven't looked I at any of them yet. I was like, I don't, I think I've seen like one or two of the movies, I think. I don't even uh, know. How about I list them and we'll just guess and then we'll keep sure. track and see who wins. Um, this will be our third annual Two Idiots uh, Oscar pick. Hey. jig. Um, and again, I don't... Um, I don't know a damn thing about the Oscars this year. I don't. I don't really watch much movies. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like nothing really has come out that much either. Everyone's kind of pushing back, waiting for movie theaters to open up again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, My family used to do know. Oscar parties every year, though. We'd get the ballots. <laughs> we'd have like themed snacks. Oh, that's that's so awesome. It was fun. I only do that for the Super Bowl, and even then, that's not always. Okay, I've I've got um, them up here. Okay. So, we'll do like the big ones and then the rest, like we're not doing film editing and shit like that. Yeah, no, just the, the normal, you know, best picture, best yeah, actor. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. If you've got them up to you, you can lead them by all means. I'm, I'm going to say though that I haven't even heard of, I've heard of one of these. Oh, no, two of them. Anyway, doesn't matter. Okay, real quick, folks listening, bear with us. Um, The 2020 Oscar nominees, starting with best picture. Okay, Janelle, we're going to start with you. Who is your pick out of these lists? The nominees are The Father. Judas and the Black Messiah, which sounds interesting. Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, I've literally seen two of those, but I would probably see Judas and the Black Messiah just for like the Black Panther aspect of it. And Fred, Is that what it's about? Fred Hampton? Hampton? Yeah. I think it's Fred Hampton, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I enjoyed the trial of the Chicago Seven as well. So but I, I don't think it's it. worthy. That's with uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt, right? I like him. Anyway, so you're picking That's Judas nice. and the Judas and the priests, or whatever you said. Judas <laughs> and the priests. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Randy, what are you uh, what are you picking out of those? Um, my heart wants Minari to win, but I think that Nomadland might. So I'm gonna pick Minari though. Okay. Um, I'm gonna just throw a dart at the board and say. Um, let me quickly look at them again. 
Um, promising young woman. That's what I'm going to say. I feel I like feel I've like heard, about heard that. of most of these. Yeah, that's going to be a problem for me too. Um, <laughs> Randy, which one did you say? Sorry, Nomadland? Min- Minari. Oh, Minari. Okay. Which I really want to watch because apparently Stephen Young is incredible in it. Oh, yes. I've heard that. That one's really good. Mm-hmm. Who's Stephen Young? He was uh, Glenn from Walking Dead. Oh, this is like okay. most notable role. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving on. Next uh, next category, actor in a leading role. Um, I think Chadwick Boseman is going to win this one just as a posthumous um, Oscar. But anyway, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Music. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins in The Father, Gary Oldman in Mank, and yeah, Stephen Yoon Young. How'd you say it? Young? I think it's pronounced Young, but I don't know for sure. What's your pick, Janelle? I'm going to say Stephen Young, even though I'd like, I mean, for Chadwick Boseman, probably will win. Yeah. That was so sad. That made me so so sad when I found out he died. Oh, me too. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. That was was a a hard day. I'm normally not big on like worrying so much about like when Hollywood people like, you know, other than just a person dying, you know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that one hit me just being a Marvel head. It's, uh, it's hard. And he just seems like such a fantastic person, you know, for sure. And doing all that he did while going through yeah. that cancer, which is really awful, like a really awful one to have. Not that all aren't, but right. Yeah, no, I get yeah, that. No, it's, it was, it's crazy. I, I'm going to go with Steven, Steven Young Boseman? as well. No, um, Steve, Stephen, oh, yeah. Okay, and Randy, what are you doing? I picked the same. Both of you going Steve Yoon, Steve Yon, Yon, Young, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going to put my money on Boswick. Or, sorry, Bozeman. <laughs> A little mix of it there. Yeah. Boswick Chadbin. <laughs> A friend of mine saw him in a coffee shop in Vancouver a couple of years ago, and he nice. didn't even go up to him like a fanboy because he's not a Marvel guy either. But he, right. he respects him as an actor. But he's like, "Well, he looked like he was going over line, so I just respected him and left him alone." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> <laughs> you just go hug him." You um, run up to him, Wakanda forever. Yeah, <laughs> Umbambe, Umbambe. <laughs> um, okay, we watched from the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's that's probably uh, an issue there to even do that accent. But anyway, we're going to oh, probably <laughs> actress in a leading role. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day. Andra Day. I don't know who that is. United States versus Billie Holiday. Uh, Vanessa Kirby. Pieces of a Woman. Frances McDormand. Nomadland. And Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Frances McDormand. Uh, OK. Frances McDormand. I don't know who that is either. She married to one of the Cohen brothers, I think. She's always in their movies. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Randy, who you got? I'm going to go Francis McDormand as well. Uh, but my heart kind of wants Vanessa Kirby to win because I enjoyed her in The Crown. Okay. Okay. In The Crown. She plays uh, the Queen's sister in the first two seasons. The young, the young Margaret? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's great. She's beautiful. I don't know who any of these people are except Viola Davis. Um... I'm gonna go with. Uh, oh, let's make it a three peat. We'll go all three. Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand is a Hollywood darling. She's usually a safe bet. Good, good. And she's we a got, wicked actress. We got a lot of money riding on this, so we got to make it count. That's right. Uh, <laughs> actor in a supporting role. Wow, Sasha Baron Cohen. I didn't know he was in that. 
Have for Trial of the Chicago 7. He's really good in that. Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Paul Racy. Racy? Racy? Uh, for Sound of Metal. And Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield for Judas and the Black Messiah. Who you got, you know? I'm going to go with Daniel Ka- Kaluuya. Kaluuya. I, I can never remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> Is he the guy from Get Out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. And like yeah, that I know for sure. But I'm trying to be more, uh, you know, general. <laughs> um, Randy, who you got? Uh, I haven't watched Judas the Black Messiah yet. I really want to. I'm going to pick Lakeith Stanfield just because I love him. And I was and like, it's, it was between either of those two. <laughs> yeah, I love my favorite Lakeith Stanfield movie is Sorry to Bother You. We just watched that a couple weeks ago. It's so like, good. And like, it takes such a weird movie. turn, but it's so good. I'm getting it's some so mean FOMO over here, guys. I haven't seen any of <laughs> Def- Definitely, if you're going to watch any of those movies, watch Sorry to Bother You like in the next few days because it's awesome. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I'm, uh, again, I don't, I haven't seen any of this. So let's go with, uh, I'm going to say Leslie Odom Jr. just because of I like his music. Do it. Also, if a very up, good actor. If I end up cleaning up here, then you guys are terrible because I'm mostly just guessing. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm, I'm just I'm going listen. with people I like. Yeah, pretty much. Um, actress in a supporting role. Ooh, Maria Baklo- Bakalova for Borat 2. Um, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman for The Father. Amanda Seyfried, Seyfried for Mank. And Yu Jung Yoon for Minari. I love Olivia Coleman. She's the best. From like the the days of, what's it called? Peep Show. Have you ever watched Peep Show? The BBC? Nope. Oh, I've, I've heard good things about it. So ridiculous. That's the first <laughs> time I saw her. But so funny. I think that name sounds so familiar. Olivia Coleman. I think I know who that is. Well, we've talked about it because I was like gushing over Broadchurch. That's the first time I ever saw her oh, was in Broadchurch. Her and David Tennant in that one? Yes, that's a great too. show. I only know her from watching way too many um, Graham Norton clips, but uh, she's delightful. So that's oh, who yeah, you're going she's with, wonderful. Janelle? Yeah. Coleman. Randy, who you got? I think I'm going to pick Glenn Close. Ooh, okay. Because I haven't seen that movie, but the trailer looked real good, and I think she has a chance. Cruella, Cruella de Vil. Um, uh, who am I going to go with? I like Borat too, but I don't know if she deserves an Oscar for it. <laughs> um, it could be the underdog. Both... You never know. Yeah, it's true. Knowing yeah, the world's topsy-turvy, so who knows? I'm going to go with Coleman as well. Um, Just the we'll fact do... that, that a Borat movie is nominated for an Academy Award is pretty unreal. Yeah. Let's do, we'll do uh, directing, and then we'll do best animated feature film, and then we'll call sure. it. Sure. Okay, so directing Thomas Vinterberg for another round, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman. Who you got, Janelle? Uh, do you say Lee Isaac? Lee Isaac? Chung? Chung. Okay, yeah. Let's do that one. Okay. That's such a, that's an interesting name. Like two, like three very different names together. Yeah. You got like Southern Jewish Asian. <laughs> um, Randy, who you got? I think Chloe Zhao is gonna take it. Okay, okay. 
I think that's what I'm going to pick. She's actually doing the Eternals for Marvel now. That's her next big project. The one with the stacked cast? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with... Yeah, I'm also going to go with Zhao. Okay. Now, best animated feature. This one's uh, for all the marbles here. Um, Oh, scroll too far here. All right. Onward, Over the Moon... A Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, Soul, or Wolfwalkers? What do you got, Janelle? I really enjoyed Over the Moon. And I like, watch that one. I sobbed. I sobbed and sobbed. <laughs> oh, God. I won't so be like, able to watch it then. Yeah, what's you the, what's no. the plot? <laughs> like, You're going to cry <laughs> so hard. I was watching it was a sobbing, crying. So I'm going to go with that one, even though, you know, I feel like it's probably going to go to Soul. But. Okay. Randy? Yeah, I'm reading about Over the Moon. Animated musical, a girl builds a rocket ship and blasts off, hoping to meet a mythical moon goddess. Interesting. Um, Soul is probably going to take it. So I'm just going to say Soul to boost my numbers. (laughs) Can I just say, and maybe this is a hot take and very unpopular, but I think Soul's overrated. I'm going to say that. I've yet to watch it. I was underwhelmed when I watched it, yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's a neat premise, and there's a lot of sweet, you know, kind of sweethearty type things in it. But as far as Pixar movies go, Onward kicks the piss out of Soul. Right. I think. Onward was good. That made me cry too. That was good. Yeah, it's so good. Like you know, the dad stumbling around behind them and stuff. It's it's amazing. Um, so mine is full on Onward. I don't. I think Soul is going to take it, of course, but I'm voting Onward because that's probably the best animated movie I've watched in a while. And Chris Pratt. How can you vote against Chris Pratt? Pratt, Pratt. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, again, nobody cares about any of that because we are not movie critics, clearly, because we didn't watch any of the movies. <laughs> but uh, it's still fun. It's still fun. The it's shot fun. in the dark Oscar hour. <laughs> yeah, we're a couple of idiots, plus Janelle. So That's right. Yeah. Two-time guest on Rear Idiot. Woo, 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 woo. Anyway, all right, cool. So we've still enough of your time. Let's. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to promote, anything you want to plug, anything you got going on that you want uh, people to know about. No, I'm just growing a human, getting ready for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a, a lot of work, and I'm I'm happy yeah. that you're able to do it and that everything's going well. And I uh, wish you guys all the best. 100%. Yeah, thank you. You bet. You bet. All right, Janelle. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Nice Appreciate back. it. Okay. Well, have a good day. <laughs> you too. Goodbye. Bye. Um, cool. Okay. Well, folks, we're back in the in the lobby in the in the quote the virtual two idiot studio. Indeed. Yeah, I'll probably post on our Instagram after the Oscars to see how close we were. But uh, sure. When did those drop? The twenty fifth or something? Something like that. I don't remember. I had the page open too when I was looking at it. I'm pretty sure it's like the 25th or something. Um, it is. Yes, yeah, 25th. April. There you go. Um, so this one will should drop right before that. So it'd be perfect. So, folks, check that out. Watch the Oscars if you like. If you don't, who cares? I don't know. Whatever. Watch Nobody cares. Movies. Nobody knows. Do whatever you got to do. Take care of yourself. You be you. Take you know. Look after yourself. Some. Self-help and um, all that. Self-care is where it's at, baby. Yeah, buddy. We had some. Uh, we had a good conversation today about 
about exactly that, looking after yourself and, and growth, moving forward, all that stuff. For sure. So, so yeah. So find us on social media. Go to Instagram, at Two Idiots Podcast. On Facebook, we are the Two Idiots Podcast. On Twitter, we're Two Idiots Show. And on YouTube, we are the Two Idiots a Podcast. And by email, thebuddyitspodcast at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions. If you want to chat, if you have any guest ideas, send them along. We're yeah. also on patreon.com slash two idiots podcast where we're at multiple tiers. If you want to donate and uh, help out the show, we have, of course, at the $7 level and above, you get to enter the idiot hall of fame. Hall of fame. Hall of fame. You froze on me, Reg. Your face looks real funny right now. <laughs> Hall of Fame. That's impressive. <laughs> you like that? I could have kept going. I wasn't even out of breath yet. Um, but anyway, so Idiot Hall of Fame, seven dollar tier and above. Like like Randy said, we have multiple tiers to get you bonuses and benefits all across the board, from bonus ep- episodes and merch draws and giveaways and exclusive this and exclusive that, and you get a little extra, a little extra, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So, But the people at the $7 tier and above love us a little bit more, and we love them even more than that. So that is right. currently, our, our, our Idiot Hall of Fame includes Janet Gooden. Mr. Brian Moore. And Mitchell Buck Pierce Buckers. Buckers. Buckers, Buckers, Buckers. Buckers. We also have Kayla Lundberg on behalf of her and Jordan Peters. Hey, Mr. Drew McDonald. Like I've said, old McDonald had a Drew. E-I-E-I-O. Big Drew. Drew. He'll always be Big Drew McDonald to me. And he's the smallest, slightest guy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, stiff wind will blow him over. Speaking of winds blowing people over, our last but certainly not our least member of the Idiot Hall of Fame is Danny. We love her very much, (laughs) Duick. That's right. Me mom. Yeah, me familia. Oh, We're family. <laughs> okay, Vin. <laughs> family. Um, yeah, so that's our Idiot Hall of Fame. Thank you to all those people that gave us a little bit more. If you feel so inclined, for as little as $3 a month, you can support the podcast. We might be adding a little something. I might, might work into maybe get episodes a little earlier, maybe summertime. We'll see how it goes. We're thinking um, about it. Yeah, play around with some stuff. So get yourself in there. Tell a friend. Um, be sure to rate review on Apple Podcasts and all that shiz. And um, yeah, literally, just tell a friend. If you if you found any part of this fun or influential or enjoyable, please send it to somebody. For sure. We find word of mouth is uh, is pretty big for getting us around. And like Red said, rate, review, subscribe. It all uh, it all helps us get to more, more eyes and more ears and helps us grow the show. Indeed, 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 indeed. All right, folks. Well, if you're out there having a baby yourself, all the best to you. Um, specifically, Janelle, wish her and Travis all the best for their little one. For sure. Um, yeah. If you're going, if you're going through the shit, don't you know? Don't worry. You can get through it. Reach out to somebody. Um, if you need, um, whether it's professional or just a friend, if you feel the need, feel free to reach out to us. I mean, we're not professionals, but um, we can try and help absolutely. You Always here to talk. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's all we do every Sunday, folks. Is talk. So indeed, it is. But we're done this week. We're done. So, folks, we uh, we love you. Hope you all hope you all have a wonderful week. And um, yeah, peace out. Bye.